Today is first fruit. It's an awesome opportunity to participate in what God is doing in our lives and what he's provided for us. Now, my title today is, Can I Trust You? Can I Trust You? So write that at the top of your page so, so that I can move through this fairly quickly. And again, I really honor our children and those who work with our kids being with us today. It's a blessing, blessing, blessing to see you. And thank you for your work with our most precious, most important citizens, our children. Amen. Thank you. And those of you who are online, let's get to work. All right. Can I trust you? Here's what I want to say to you today. Number one, number one, we all have to understand that heaven is a real country. What did I say? Heaven is a real country. It says it all over the Bible, but people see heaven as this thing that's out there that we get to experience later. But you can experience heaven right now on earth, right? You can experience it right now on earth. Heaven is a real country. And before, and before I put the scripture up, I want you to understand this. Heaven literally runs the country you're living in. Heaven is a real country, and heaven has set the rules for earth. Heaven has put together how earth works. It works whether you know God or not. It works whether you pray. It works whether you speak in tongues. It works whether you go to church. But it is very important where you go to church so that you can learn how heaven works. Am I making sense? I was listening to an interview and I won't tell you who it was, but this person, his language was so foul, a person that you would repulse. But he told them, don't mess with my 10%. He said, that goes to the churches. He didn't say nonprofits. He said, I don't break that rule. That's why I have so blank and much. I'm like, what is this? And Christians are in church who hear the rules and never curse, never sin, and broke his jokes. So we have to understand how heaven works. This is how it works. Matthew 6, y'all know this verse. Some of you may not. Therefore, don't worry by saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? How are we going to work this life out? How are we going to get provisions for ourselves? Hmm? And the Bible says this. It says in the 33rd verse, it says, all you have to do is seek the kingdom first. If you seek the kingdom first, if it's your priority to understand it, then everything everyone else is fighting for, it will be added to you. So today we're practicing a principle of first. Seeking the kingdom first. It's the order of first things and the order of first mentioned and the order of first things done. First fruits was the first thing done after Adam fell. His son, both his sons offered an offering. One was a first fruit offering. 
So here is the principle. Number two, write it. You've got to get involved in passing the test. You've got to pass the test. Where is it in the scripture? It's in the scripture in, in Genesis 22, 1 and 3. And here it is. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. This is the test. He tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. Then he said, take your son. What's the next phrase? Take your son, your, the only son you have. I know I promised you lots of sons, but it took 25 years for me to give you this first one. He promised him at 75, he had Isaac at 100, now he's 130 because every son that's offered to God had to be 30 years old as Jesus was. So this is not a two-year, I know, so this is not a two-year-old boy. This is a 30-year-old man. And God says, take him and do what with him? I want you to take him up to this mountain, to the land of Moriah, and I want you to offer him there as a burnt offering. Hold up, everybody. So to anybody that believes any of these religions in the past, they were okay and good with burning children and offering them to God. No, that is sacrilegious. That is Satan worship. So this is God saying, I want you to give me your son, take him and offer him. Now watch this now, write this down because we have to think about what Abraham did. Write this down. Your first fruit is a test. It's an exam for you. Next, God may ask you for what he promised you. He, he may ask you for it. I don't know, that's between you and him. But he has the right because he thinks he did it. He doesn't think you did it. He thinks he did it. He doesn't believe it's mine. He believes it's his. And it don't really matter what I believe. <laughs> he made the rules. Now, okay, maybe I should back up for some Christians in the room. Who you, you still at the cross. Uh, uh, you still at the old rugged cross. You're going to be there next Sunday. You know, you're going to be at the cross and somebody going to preach you happy at the cross. Then you go go home and you're never going to go through the cross. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to be, be worshiping the cross. That's like a woman worshiping the door at her favorite shoe store. No, y'all, okay. Any men in here got a wife that shops for shoes every now and then? Would you see her bending and worshiping at the door? What would she do? She fixing to go up in that store, and a lot of people are worshiping at the cross and never entered the kingdom. Never came in. So you see Jesus as a savior. <laughs> I'm sorry. And as a Lord, 
and you've never recognized him as a king. He made the rules, sugar lump. You can't make no rules. Well, this is what I believe. Ain't nobody asked you what you believe. If I walk in your house and you say, take your shoes off, I can walk in your house and say, I don't believe in taking shoes off in the house. What you going to tell me? Get out of my house. He made rules for how to make you wealthy. Well, I don't believe in them. Just stay over there and tell me that. Tell me you don't believe in it so I don't ever pick you up in my car to bring you to church. So I'll go have dinner with you. So my kids not playing with your kids. I can't have non-tithers in my car. So, you might have to give him what he promised. Number three, this is what it says in the third verse here. It says, you've got to find a way to believe God. I want you to take your only son. You're, 100 and, you're 130 now. You might not have any more kids in your mind, but I want you to take the one I promise you. Let's read what Abraham did. He fasted and prayed for three months. He begged. He called his pastor. He went somewhere and begged God. He reasoned with God. He had arguments. He did whatever. No, this is what it says. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place which God had told him. Write this down. I can't hesitate. When God asks me for what he wants that matches my dream. It matches what I desire. It matches what I'm believing for. Ain't, ain't no preacher got nothing to do with this. Any prophet says to you, thus saith the Lord, you should give this much. Just call him a liar right there. This is no one's business but yours. It's your promise. It's what you're believing. It's what you're expecting from God. And you don't need a preacher getting in between you and God. It's not kingdom. It's your relationship with him. So don't hesitate. Number four. Here's the truth about first fruit. You're going to read it right here. Here's the truth. It's in your word. It's in your Bible. Watch this now. Why don't y'all read it with me? Then on the third day, Abram lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. Come on. And Abraham said to his young men, he said, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder. He's from Mississippi. And worship. Watch him now. Then... Y'all, this is first fruit right here. Abraham says, Abraham says, uh, this ain't none of y'all's business. Y'all serve me. You helped me with the donkey. You brought me this far. But me and him is going. This ain't none of your business what I'm getting ready to do. You don't need to know the size of my check. If it's a penny or a million, it ain't none of your cotton picking business. 
is our offering. This is what we are bringing. Say it, it's no one's business. Then what you see in this scripture is, he says, but you got to understand. When I lift my hands and dance on stage, I am not worshiping. When I'm bowing my knee in front of the purple chair or running around the room, that ain't worship. That might be some praise, but that's not worship. Abraham said, we're going to worship. Now, y'all know what he's getting ready to do. He's getting ready to give something more expensive than his own life. That's what God, you don't even understand now. The king don't just want you to dance in front of him. The king deserves a gift from you. You never go in the presence of a king without a gift. So lifting my hands and speaking in tongues is not worship. It's praise. It's joy. It's next month. We're going to teach you how to worship. When I come in God's presence, I bring a gift with me every time. The Bible says, now, 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 he says, be careful. Don't come before him. Don't come with your hands empty. Then the last thing he says here is, once we worship, I don't know what's getting ready to happen on the top of this mountain. <laughs> I don't really know. But I know God. I know he gave me Isaac. I know one night with me and my wife, we, I was 100 and she was 90 and we got pregnant. That's all I know. So all I can tell you is, guys, we, both of us, is coming back. I know you can't move out of your seat. But you ought to say to yourself, I don't know what's really going to happen. But I know I'm coming through this fine. That first fruit offering changes Some people think you're down for the count. They don't think you're going to come out of this. But instead of fighting them, all you're going to do is bring something to the king. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could. Just one minute right there. Just one minute right there. Hiya. The girl was done. She was finished. Mm. She was just getting ready. Linnell, she was just getting ready to say, my husband's gone. My children are here. I have no help. I'm a widow. I'm not on any tax rolls. They didn't have no PPP back then. They didn't have no stimulus packages back then. They didn't get no checks from the government. And a woman that was, her husband was dead. She wasn't even on the voter rolls. She had no voice. She said, I'm just going to die. And the prophet, God told the prophet, go to the widow, widow of Zarephath. He said, go see her. When he got to her house, she was picking up sticks getting ready to cook because she only had a handful of meal and a little oil. And the man of God said to her, he said, what are you getting ready to do? She says, I'm going to cook this and me and my, we're going to die right here. This is it. We haven't eaten in forever. We're going to die right here. He said, that's okay. Get ready to die. You and your boy, get ready to die. But I want you to do something first. What he said to her in short was, 
Our God doesn't have a stomach. He doesn't eat this stuff. The God we serve has no esophagus, stomach, small, large or small intestine. There is no colon. There is no whatever it comes out of. But he's got to eat. So God sent me to your house to eat for him. Okay. God sent me to your house to eat for him. So all I'm going to do, now if you knew the prophet, he was overweight. He weighed, they say, about 450 pounds. He didn't need no food. He got fat eating the first fruit of those who were giving. So he ate the cake first. Y'all should read it. As soon as he ate, he started talking. As soon as God eats your first fruit, he starts prophesying. He starts fighting your battles. He goes to your job and makes sure you get the right raise. He looses you from one place to another. He goes to your enemy's house and says, just leave him alone. Y'all said, I just got to get something in his mouth. You know, your first fruit is a hooking God. It hooks him. It makes him obligated. So here we go. We'll teach that later. If, if I can, uh, if I can just get something, I taught my children this. If you can just get something in the man of God's mouth, if you can just get something in his hand, if you can just get something, he may not even know what you're doing. She might even be ignorant of what's in your heart. But as soon as it's in his hands, it's in God's mouth. And once it's in God's mouth, God starts talking. He starts prophesying. He starts speaking to your heart, speaking to your life. Your children and your grandchildren start waking up in the night with dreams. Hey, yeah, bah, just two minutes. They start waking up. Your children start waking up and say, Mommy, do you know what I dreamed? We were in a big old house and we were doing this, that, and the other. Don't say, oh, child, shut up. Just say, yeah, we got food in God's mouth, baby. Keep talking. Keep dreaming. Keep opening your heart. Keep opening your mouth because God is now speaking on your behalf. I don't want to get over my time. Hold on now. He split the wood. He went up to the mountain. And now I've given you the proof about first fruit. Number five. You got to know this now. If it's a good offering, it's going to talk to you. It's going to talk back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That offering going to talk back to you. Can I tell you first before we even read it what that offering be saying? When we, when we, when we, when we, <laughs> when we get, when we, when we, when we, when we gave our first dream, when we gave our dream house away in a first fruit offering, we gave it away. We were so happy to do it. We're so happy to write the check to the church to buy this building. 
So happy, blessed, till we wrote the check. And uh, that money started talking. Now, do you, you do know you could have bought, you know, you could have bought everything you dreaming with this check. Does this make sense for you to give me away like this? Uh, do you know how long it took you to save this? What else y'all offer me to talk, be talking about? That offer me talking about how long am I, how am I going to know this? <laughs> how am I going to know this going to work? Should I tell my wife or husband what God told me to give? That offering be talking. I want you to listen to the offering of Abraham when it started talking. (laughs) Go to the seventh verse. The seventh verse. Thank you so much. Read it. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. What did he say? Uh, My father, uh, a bit confused. Look, I see the fire. I, I get the fire. I get sacrifices. I'm 30. I've seen you sac- sacrifice some things. <laughs> this, is, this is not my first rodeo here. Uh-huh. I see the fire. Uh, I see the wood. We're missing something. Where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice? How do you look at your son, your only son, and say, you're the lamb? You don't. You tell your offering what Abraham said. <laughs> you, don't, you don't fuss with your offering. And you don't ever let your offering feel like you're throwing it in the trash. Because we're going to keep up with this offering. We're going to see the fruit come to bear. So what did he say? Abraham said to him, my son, God will provide. Okay, now what I want you to do is the NIV and everybody, for all you teachers, if you ever read this verse to anybody, you teach it right. They added words. If you're in the King James Version, That word for will be italicized, which means it was added to the canon because they didn't think we understood it how it was written. But this is how you read it. God will provide, not for himself. Listen to what he says to Isaac. God will provide himself. In other words, son, we came up here with a test. But this is really about God dying on the cross himself. Y'all don't even understand what I'm trying to say. He said, you're not the sacrifice God is. Tell your, tell your offering right now. You ain't no sacrifice. <laughs> you, you're not a sacrifice. You're not getting ready to die. You're getting ready to bring life to me. For 10 generations, your children and your children's children, they'll be blessed going out and blessed coming in. Blessed blessed in the house, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. For a thousand generations. 
Yeah, you got you got to talk to that offering. So this is what I want you to do now. Be bold. Be bold and give your offering an answer. Talk back to it. Don't let your gift talk to you. Answer it. Direct your money. Direct your energy. Direct your time. Every gift God's given you, direct it. Tell it where to go and what to do. Almost there, y'all. Number six. Here's the confidence of Abraham. Just go to the 10th verse there. Here's the confidence of Abraham. Now watch, watch Abraham's confidence. You got to have confidence in this. We call it faith. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He's like, don't touch him. In other words, Abraham was coming down on a knife with a knife on his son. And God stopped him. I don't even understand how that's possible. He was coming down, but he had such confidence in God. I'm going to read that to you later. But be strong when you first fruit. Be strong when you, when you first fruit. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong about it. Don't waver about it. Seven. What does God know? What does God know when you first fruit? What does he know? Because there's some things he wants to know. There's some things he wants to know about you. There's some things he wants to know about your faith. He wants to know what you're passing on to your children. He wants to know how you feel about your relationship with him. And here it is. And he said, listen to what he said. He said, don't lay a hand on the lad or do anything to him. Next phrase. For what? For for now I know. There's something God believed about Abraham. But now he knows it. There are some things God hoped. In some ways he hoped you felt about him. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know and understand it truly until there's a first fruit. How you see him. What place he has in your life. Is he first and all? Or is he simply something else? Am I teaching too much? Now, I'm going to tell you what he wanted to know in a minute. Number eight, almost there. Right at the top, right there on number eight, right? The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Now, watch this now. Then Abram, Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the bush. Watch this. So Abraham went and took the ram offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Y'all see that, don't you, next Sunday? Don't you see that? We could have put, put you on a cross. We could have put you on a cross, but it wouldn't save none of us. We could have jerked your beard out of your face. We could have speared you in the side. We could have crucified you, but you can't save us. 
So what good does it do us to crucify you? <laughs> You're not with me yet. What, what good would it do to crucify Isaac? This is all a setup. Okay, okay. God is never going to do something. God is never going to ask you to do what he hasn't already done. So he's asking Abraham to just be an example of giving your only son so that God could give God sets the rules for how earth works. So he set the rule, I got to be first. That's the rule. So if he's got to be first, I'm inside Abraham's head. If God, if Abraham knew God and God has to be first, Abraham knew God couldn't kill his son. That's too much for a Sunday morning. If God has to be first, because he can't ask me to do something he hasn't done. If he has to be first, that's his rule. Abraham's like, I want you to go give him. Okay, ain't no problem. We'll be back. We'll be back. Tell your money. You'll be back. Talk to your money. You, if you can talk to your plant... You can talk to your money. If you can talk to a tree, you can talk to your money. Tell your money, you'll be back. You're coming back times one. You're coming back times two. You're coming back times ten. You're coming back times a hundred. You're coming back times a thousand. You're coming back over the generations. My great great grandchildren will live in this promise. So he said, the Lord will provide. Whatever you got to do next. The Lord wants to provide for that. We're working too hard when God gave us a rule. One of my friends wouldn't, he stopped coming to church because he got this job. Yeah. So he stopped coming to church and I'm like, why are you not coming to church? He said, well, I have to get ready for work. I said, you don't work till Monday. He said, yeah, but I, I need Sunday. You know, I need Sunday. You know, I have to get my clothes ready. I have to prepare for work and da, 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 da. He said, now after church, we still, we still going to eat? I'm like, no, I can, no, I, I can't go eat with you. You're, you're, you're not going to... Now, I'm weird now. I'm not telling you how to pick your friends. I'm not telling you how to pick your friends. But if I, I intentionally don't hang around people who are intentionally ignorant and want to be poor. I, I have no desire. I don't have time. I can stand up here. <laughs> but if we're not trying to go nowhere and you don't see church as a part of it, 
talking about church online. No, you need to be in front of a pastor. You can smell his breath every now and then, and he can smell yours. Verse 16. This is what God wanted to tell Abraham. This is what God wanted to tell Abraham in this whole story. You should read it out loud. Why do I ask you to read out loud? Because your voice is the only legal voice to write in your mind. Scientists know this. Doctors know this. Coaches know this. So I ask you to read it because when you read it, your mind has been programmed to hear your voice. So I can curse you. You're cursed. You'll never have anything. It doesn't matter as long as you say I'm always blessed. Because your mind is not trained to hear my voice. Read what it says. Here's the kingdom key. And said, what he said, listen to what God said. By myself, read it. By myself, I have, says the Lord, because, because you have done this thing. He didn't do it. Because you've done this thing, what? And have not, watch him. Stop. Because you did this thing and you didn't withhold your only son for me you didn't keep back from me what you thought your dream was you didn't withhold from me what you thought was going to bring you into promise you were just going to go home and sit and enjoy your life read what he says next oh put some put some bass in your voice blessing I will bless you multiplying I will multiply you your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore and your they're going to possess the gates of their enemies ha <laughs> ha because you did this I made you a promise 55 years ago. But I was waiting for the day you had something you could give me. But now that you've given it to me, I can trust you with fame. I can trust you with money. I can trust you to have a family. I can trust you to lead. I can trust you to have possession of the things of the earth. I can trust you to live at a high level. I can trust you to be an example. Here's the question. You thought I was asking earlier, can God trust me? The question is, can he trust you?
Can he trust fame in your hands? Can he trust prosperity in your hands? Can he really trust power in your hands? Can he trust leadership in your hands? Can he trust you with gold? Can, can, can he trust you with silver? Can he trust you with power over an amazing athletic team? Can he trust you in the workplace handling someone else's billion dollar budget? Can he trust you? Here is where it ends. If God, if you can trust God with your first, he can trust you with his everything. He'll give you stuff you don't feel like you deserve. He'll open doors for you you know you're not qualified for. He'll do things for your children that'll just make you weep. God, how did you do that? How did you do that for my child? And God says, that first fruit offering talks to me every day, Martin. It talks to me every day. It does something when you do this. So for some of you who need a New Testament scripture, I'll give you the one New Testament scripture. Because y'all, I know, I get the emails. Your pastor preached from the Old Testament. That's the Old Covenant. That's as dumb as two left shoes. Y'all see that little page in their Bible? That page between Malachi, I mean Malachi and Matthew? That little thin rice paper page? When you go home, I give you permission. Tear that page out. There is no separation between the old and the new. Prove it in the New Testament. Read it. By faith. By faith. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said here it is he's saying you told me in Isaac he's a seed in which all my other sons would come so how could you sacrifice him watch what Abraham watch what he says about Abraham this is what he was concluding verse 19 read it loud concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he was also received him Abraham said even if I kill Isaac I'm going to stay right here on this mountain until God raises him up again This is first fruit, ladies and gentlemen. I am also amazed. Before I close, Josh, Pastor Linnell, 
I've been amazed over the years. And y'all, I mean, I just love y'all now, so I don't mean nothing. I got to stop saying that. Yes, I do. I'm amazed at people who hear the truth and it's understood and they don't participate. I'm amazed over the years at the people who stay home on First Fruit Sunday. And then eventually call the office needing help. And I'm, I'm always amazed. And so typically I don't meet with them. You know, you know, people like Yvonne, they just have a gift that I don't have. Because I walk in the room and I say, I, I sweat my good suits out telling you the truth about how this works. You choose not to participate at all. Josh said the lint out of your pocket, anything. As long as it's the first lint. No. <laughs> and I, I, I just get confused. gave our first fruit sugar we, we gave our first fruit and God put us in a really nice house it wasn't our dream house but every house should be your dream house right every house don't matter we're in this house and we're just giving thanks to God that God could with no down payment and no more money in the bank that God could give us this house to live in and my son asked me he's eight nine or ten he's asking me about uh, you know I want to understand God. I don't hear from him, but I want to understand how he works. I said, okay. I said, uh, uh, Saturday morning, because we got stuff to do Friday. Saturday morning, I'm driving the Tulsa to give my first fruit to my man of God. And he said, I want to ride with you. I said, oh, it's going to be a 15-hour day on the road. Because I'm going to drive there seven hours, give him the offering. Then I'm coming straight home. He says, I want to ride with you. I'm like, okay, at least you'll go to sleep. This joker didn't sleep for seven hours. Oh my God. I'm like, Josh, take a nap. But the questions, you got one. The questions he was asking me though. How does God work? And I'm trying to explain and there's another question. I can't answer it. I'm getting frustrated. I'm the preacher by golly. We found Dr. Monroe and we had to stay longer because he was eating with his family. We ate with his family. Josh is sitting next to me. I bought lunch for his entire entourage, about 50 people. I paid for it. Josh is watching me. He's like, what's happening here? When we were done with dinner, we followed Dr. Monroe to his car and I gave him my first fruit. Dr. Monroe, when he took my first fruit, 
He didn't lay hands on me. Laid hands on him. And that man of God went to prophesying. He went to talking. Dr. Monroe stood. He had to go. He stood for 10 minutes and prophesied with his hands on him. I wasn't even thinking. I should have took my phone out, took a picture or something. He prophesied. Prophesied over him. I got back in the car to drive home. And Josh said, now I know how it works. He said, I saw you put a gift in his hand. And then he began to speak and open doors. The last thing Dr. Monroe said were these words. Nothing will cause my words to fall to the ground because of your seed. So why am I a little bit bossy? Why am I a little bit brash? Why am I a whole lot bold? Why, when they came, when they came to take our children's space, they said, we need that children's space. Kaplan said, we need that children's space. I said, you can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have it. It's for our children. You can't have it. Kaplan said, we'll walk away. That's going to be a two, three million dollar loss for you. I said, you can't have it. It belongs to our children's children. You can't have it. We got little babies in this church that are watching us. And we made them a promise. But I didn't tell you this part. They couldn't have it because I had given all I had. I had taken food, I thought, out of my wife and children's mouths. I thought I'd given up college. I thought I'd given up inheritance. And God said, let me show you something. Let me show you what I can do with your first fruit offering. Let me show you how I can raise you up. Let me show you how I can give you more than you thought you lost.